San Diego's talk radio leader, 760 KFMB presents It's Your Money and Your Life. For the next hour, Richard Musio and Joe Vecchio will educate and inform you on matters related to your financial future, your life, and your leisure. Now, with It's Your Money and Your Life, here are Richard and Joe. All right, everybody, my name is Joe Vecchio, your co-host, announcer, and producer, coming to you from KFMB Studios with 50,000 watts of power. We're heard not just on San Diego County, but Orange County, L.A. County, up the coast of Seattle on a good night, down to Cabo, out to the desert. We are free on iTunes, and if you go to iwymoney.com, you can hear all these podcasts commercial-free. And now time to introduce the main man of the hour. He's a CPA extraordinaire. He's an accomplished marathon runner. He's a best-selling author and a lecturer and a philanthropist and a family office expert advising several high-net-worth families. His name is Richard Musio. Richard, good evening. How are you tonight? I'm out of breath. <laughs> I am marvelous, Joe. Through the miracles of technology, I'm here, even though I'm in Boston, because as you know, my wife Mary is running the Boston Marathon on Monday. That is right, for uh, on Patriots Day. It's always That's on a right. Monday. Always on a Monday. It's a holiday. New England holiday. It's Patriots on a Monday. Day. Always. 120th year. Yes, sir. She so, hasn't run all 120. Yeah, so you're looking forward to that. That's yeah. great. That is great. Uh, well, we have a lot to report about uh, when uh, when you come back from that, right? I will. Okay. Hey, Dick Van Dyke, I, I think I, I mentioned last time they were working on another film. Uh, yes, a about, documentary. Uh, yeah. The same filmmaker as Phyllis Diller's great well, piece. Well, uh, I don't know if I had mentioned, but Greg Barson is the filmmaker. He, okay. he premiered the film he made in 04, uh, what was released in 04, about Phyllis Diller, and she was here in San Diego for the San Diego Film Festival. Hmm. So I met Greg and Phyllis back then, the, the late Phyllis Diller, the late great. But uh, I got in touch with him recently, and uh, I told him we'll have him on the show as soon as he gets close to releasing that film. will go Talk and he did one about, about Jerry Lewis, by the way, recently. So, That'll be fun. Yeah, a few years ago. So look for those on uh, your your local Amazon or whatever, folks. And uh, and there you have it. But uh, I don't want to take too much time because we have a VIP, a very respected uh, f- retired city council member. And uh, full disclosure, I've known her for a long time, back when she was in the uh, the surf shop business. And uh, very well beloved and and well liked and uh, Donna Fry, welcome to the show, Donna. Thank you. <laughs> I'm I'm actually still in the surf business. You are. Yes, well, we still have our surf shop. That's right. Well, <laughs> your husband Skip is a highly renowned uh, uh, surfboard shaper. Would you say is that? I I would say he is well respected, well loved, and also this in the next month or so, he's going to be inducted into the Skateboarding Hall of Fame. Oh, neat stuff. Skateboarding or surfboard? Skateboarding? This will be skateboarding. Okay. He's into that, too? Holy cow. Yeah. Does he have to, like, skate in? (laughs) He he might, and and he can, and he still skateboards. Neat. And where is the Skateboard Hall of Fame? I'm not even sure I know where it is. Is Well, this will be up by Anaheim. Wow. I didn't know that. Well, I saw Tony Hawk. He's out there building um, skate parks in underprivileged areas, and I think he's doing a good job of trying to give kids some some good, healthy activity, right? So good for him. And are they friends, Skip and uh, Tony? Do they know each other or a little bit? Oh, sure. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. So uh, uh, um, Tony Hawk was born and raised here too, right? Was he born in San Diego County? I don't know. Not sure? Okay. I'm not sure where he was born. Well, speaking of bios, Donna, let's get into the, Usually the top of the show, we like to get into the uh, the bio of our guests. So a lot of people don't know you were born and raised in Pennsylvania, but maybe give us, tell us where you were born and raised and how you made your way to San Diego, et cetera. How about that? Well, I was born in Pennsylvania, and my parents came to California in 57. What, what part of Pennsylvania? Near Lehighton. Oh, sure. Okay. Yeah, my family's from Hazleton. 
I don't know where the, is that all east part of the state or west yeah, part of the state? Yeah, different parts of the state. Gotcha, gotcha. So Don, I guess your dad was in the Navy, or uh, is that how it worked out? Or he was a Navy civilian. Uh huh. There you go. Well, you know that's how a lot of people wind up in, wound up here in San Diego. Isn't it like a one third of our population uh, veterans? I, I think so, huh? There's quite a few. Something like that. And it? we're all grateful for them. Yeah. Maybe it's not a third, maybe it's 300,000 or something. But, uh, well, there might a million in the city, that would be a, about a third, I'm thinking. Jeff, any idea on that? No idea. Okay, he's looking at his phone. All right. Somebody <laughs> will look that up. Where's our fact checker? <laughs> but uh, anyway, Donna overcame some personal issues, and uh, good for you on that. It's in your Wikipedia, so do you keep? Do you maintain your Wikipedia page? or? Um, I've, I've never looked at it. You haven't? Oh, no. Oh, you ought to try that. <laughs> You're better off not looking. No, well, I don't mean because of what's on there, because I haven't looked either. But all right, so but only about ten percent of what I, what's on anybody's page is accurate. Yeah. So when you uh, so when you uh, met Skip, you decided to go in into the surf business. I remember you had this surf shop. It's down. It was down where uh, near where the current uh, Tower Twenty Three Hotel is that our friend Brent Miller's involved with. Right. And uh, I remember uh, seeing you testify before the city about some contaminated water issues. Uh, and I thought I went in there to say, you know. I saw you on TV, and I thought you were fabulous. And next thing I know, you're. Uh, <laughs> so what? What caused you to keep going? A lot of people are one and done. They don't want. They don't have the stomach for uh, for politics. Uh, tell us what happened. Well, essentially, I found out that the um, surfing community was getting very sick from surfing in polluted water, mm -hmm. and I couldn't get the elected officials to do anything. Mm. So I kept going down to the city council to try to get them to. Um, talk about the pollution and try and get them to address the pollution because the storm drains were discharging, mm -hmm. in some instances, raw sewage. Have we improved I've that? seen that. Yeah. Have we improved that much, or we we're still working on it? Or We have improved tremendously. Really? What yes. Have, how so? I mean, what have they done? What steps? Well, I one of the things we did is they admitted there was a problem, um, and the other thing they did was start upgrading the um, infrastructure for our sewer systems. Well, that's great. That is great. Yeah, and, and uh, we, they still tell surfers stay out of the water, you know, three days after a large, a large rain. But I don't think the problem is as bad. So, so that was great. So what compelled you to, to keep going and, and eventually uh, decide to run for it? Was it still District 6 back then? or It was District okay. 6. Mm -hmm. It was just... It was just one of those things. It was not anything I planned on doing. Mm. Um, and frankly, I actually had read about the fact that I was running in the newspaper. <laughs> that, that, really? How'd that work? Well, it was sort of funny because people kept calling saying, I hear you're running for office. <laughs> and, and I said, where do you hear this? They said, well, it's in the paper. And I said, it's not in the paper. So I went and got the paper, and it was in the paper. Did, did you find out who the culprit was? Who turned I your did. Name in? Who was it? It was actually Ray Hewitt had written the story, who I love Ray Hewitt dearly. Uh -huh. And one of the one of my friends had said, "Oh, I think Donna Fry's running." So you got drafted. Oh, okay. You got drafted pretty much, I guess. Huh? Well, it was nice. I mean, it yeah. was a compliment, and I thought, well, what the heck? It's only for eighteen months because we'd had the former council member had to who, who, resign. Who was that? That was Valerie Stallings. Valerie Stallings, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I remember that one. Oh, with some kind of gift, yeah. gift uh, controversy or something like that. So so 18 months turned into the, that plus two more terms, right? Well, yeah, and I figured if it was only 18 months, so I figured if I didn't like it or if the public didn't like me, 
they only had to deal with me for 18 months. Yeah, good call. Yeah. Maybe we should shorten those, term, those terms. <laughs> <laughs> Just 18 month terms would be confusing, Joe, because every other year the election would be in different times of the year. Well, whatever, they'll work it out. But the, but Donna, the um, uh, so what year did you enter um, the, the city council then? In um, 2000. 2000, wow. So that year and a half, and of course you got to run for two more full terms because that was just a partial, right? So, right. Wow. So, so the, um, well, yeah, and I, I think I, I stopped by to see you on, when you were cleaning out your office. It was kind of a happy, sad day for you, right? <laughs> it, it was, it was, it was happy and sad. I yeah. like serving the public, but I was happy to do something different. Yeah, and somebody at the front desk, uh, I don't know, they said Joe Vecchio was here to see uh, Donna. I walked in your office and said, well, here's the Kinder Morgan box. Somehow they confused me with somebody <laughs> from some other city attorney of the department, whatever, and you had a box of files and so I go, no, that's not for me. But um, anyway, that was that was great. To, uh, interesting. So, um, all right, well, that's great. And then I want to talk about the strong mayor form of government with you. I want to talk about this 50% plus one and then all the great, great stuff you're doing at Callaware, okay. your your new uh, organization. Just so you know, Donna, Joe is really into 50 plus one. Well, I'm I'm into getting rid of it. So, uh, but I want to talk about uh, the strong mayor Richard and uh, and also the the financial expenditures, etc. So, um, you know, we're going to have uh, uh, Ed Harris, the candidate. Yes, we are. Uh, in a few weeks, and uh, so that'll that'll be interesting. Um, so we've got about a minute to the break here. Uh, let's see here. Uh, so you ran for, I want to talk, obviously you got elected as mayor and, and uh, <laughs> for, for five minutes until they took the case, <laughs> up, until they took the case up to Orange County, which I thought was kind of, uh, well, interesting. Then we'll talk about that. Um, anyway, Donna was elected as a, as a write-in and then it was nullified by a court and we'll get into that, but let's take our little break right now. What do you say, Justin? We'll come right back with former city council member Donna Fry right after this. Whoops. All right. We are back with city council member Donna Fry with that uh, Bob Newhart music. I think I love that stuff. So, but uh, Richard, why don't you ask Donna about yeah, quick city question. council? What, your first couple major issues that you had to work on when you were on the council, what, what were they? Well, there were the chargers. There was <laughs> the pension um, debacle. Uh -huh. That's a nice way to put it. And, and <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up. We'll talk about that. And Chargers. Should we just start there? Sure. <laughs> We're still talking about the Chargers. Well, all right. The pension. How well, let's did, do the pension how, first. How did, yeah. it get, how did it get $2 billion in, in uh, unfunded liability? And I understand the county's in the same boat, so it's actually $4 billion for, for city and county, county uh, workers, right? And there's some theory that they got into these bad investments with these bad money managers, right? Is that how it initially happened? No, the way the mess happened is the city council and the city manager and the mayor back in, um, I don't know, 98, mm -hmm. maybe prior to that, decided that they needed some additional revenue, and the way to get it was to reduce the amount of payments they would be putting into the pension fund. Mm. So they un underfunded it. But, yes. but didn't they get into some bad investments too, these, uh, these outside, these derivatives and all that? Didn't, no. That wasn't an issue? No. It was I underfunding, don't. Joe. I read about this, getting ready for the show. So this they also made assumptions about high interest rate returns, which would allow them to reduce the amount that was being contributed, which assumptions proved to be so far off base that it's... So maybe Mike Aguirre had a point. Was, was he correct in his uh, Well, Mike always has a point. Well, I'm just saying, was he an <laughs> edit, did he have an accurate point uh, aside from what people think of him personally? What, what do you think, Donna? I think that a lot of the things that he talked about were quite accurate. I think mm -hmm. some of them maybe were a little um, exaggerated. Mm -hmm. 
Well, I know as soon as uh, the new uh, city attorney came in and the new mayor came in, they, they did exactly what Mike was you know, talking about, right? And, and reforming the pension plan. So <laughs> first they yeah. criticize him and then they, and then they embrace his, his ideas. So I, it was a little bit uh, a disconnect there for me, but I don't know. Well, I think it had to do with how you delivered the message yeah. versus was, what actually needed to be done. Right. Obviously, there yeah. were per personality issues there. I think you know, so. People getting rubbed the wrong way, which which <laughs> we see all the we, we see yeah. all the time. I mean, uh, so funny story about Mike. Last time I had lunch with him at the university club, mm -hmm. he was running a few minutes late, and I was sitting facing the door. And he walks in. He goes, uh, he goes, Richard. You know, I always sit facing the door. You need to move over here with your back to the door. <laughs> 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 like, okay, Mike. <laughs> Whatever. But uh, Donna, he wanted to see, see who was coming in. So Donna, who uh, volunteered you to run for mayor in in uh, when we had a runoff election between Dick Murphy and Ron Roberts, and uh, so that was in November. Yeah, I kind of decided to do that myself. Uh -huh. um, I was people kept asking me who I was going to vote for, mm -hmm. Ron Roberts or Dick Murphy, and I I couldn't really bring myself to vote for either one of them. Gotcha. So I thought. Well, maybe I'll run. Yeah, and boy, did you ever! And in November, <laughs> folks, you may have short memories, but in uh, Donna won as a write-in candidate. This is San Diego history, yeah, Joe. Yeah, I don't think it's ever happened before. Right. And um, of course, uh, they found a way to get around that, saying, "Oh, they, some people misspelled the name; they didn't fill in the bubble." But I think the law says if you can determine the intent of the voter from the ballot. Now, if I write your name in, and no marks by any of the other candidate. I think uh, is a, someone of the registrar's vote said, hey, I think that person meant to vote for Donna Fry, but unfortunately they disqualified a lot of those votes and, uh, and Donna did not become the mayor, so. Right, the judge, the judge ruled that when people wrote my name in, <laughs> that all they were doing was augmenting the ballot. <laughs> augmenting, no, <laughs> oh, like doodling, uh, or putting in Mickey Mouse, oh, I get it, yeah, yeah. ridiculous. But, and of course the, the trial was in Orange County, not down here. Correct. And, uh, which is uh, not known for its uh, bastion of liberalism, but <laughs> anyway, I guess it, it, uh, the rest is history. Uh, I know Donna, um, what, and then let's talk about the Chargers Stadium a little bit uh, too, that's uh, coming around again. So what, uh, what were you doing with the Chargers when you got on the council 10, 12, 15 years ago? What was going on then? Well, with during that time, there was um, a ticket guarantee Mm -hmm. that the prior city council had agreed to, and so Dick Murphy um, did everything he could to eliminate that ticket guarantee. Mm -hmm. um, in the course of that discussion, there was also, um, after that was resolved, there were discussions about a new stadium. Mm. And it didn't get very far, I guess, at the time. There were too many other issues with uh, the SEC and things, or what was... Well, there was a lot of problems, um, not the least of which was the pension and the fact that the city was still digging out from under about making their, um, you know, pension obligations. And, and didn't the city sort of get bogged down with Petco Park, too, in terms of that debate? Well, that, was that, a, that was a little later, wasn't it? Well, that was in 2000, was 2000. 2001. Yeah. So they had to re-vote, and then after I was elected, then they um, had votes on the uh, bonds. Hmm. So that's when the bonds got issued and the park start getting built. Huh. But the um, with that, that all that Enron by the Sea stuff uh, and the SEC and the FBI coming in and crashing. Did they take your computers too? <laughs> no. Where, where, no. Did, where did they raid exactly? Because a lot of people forget what happened. But uh, we got raided by the FBI, didn't we? Well, 
I didn't. I know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there, there, there were there were raids by the FBI on three council members. Uh huh. Um, and that was separate from the pension. Oh, but how about the did the mayor's office get raided too, or no? No, <laughs> no, no. Well, that was. Uh, you know, maybe describe for folks just to refresh their memories. What was that that controversy? Because we lost we we lost our credit rating, didn't we? For a while there, we were we bad. did. Well, we didn't lose it. We just it was so bad. It was downgraded. <laughs> downgraded. Like a C minus. Well, something. that's what I meant. Which yeah. is, a, but um, that was because of those three council members, or no, no, no those were two separate that, that incidents. Was, right. That was the the Cheetah Gate. Yes. Oh, Cheetah Gate. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that, that was another. another Who are you calling a cheetah? <laughs> that was, I like that Boston accent. But um, anyway, now let's let's get into the SEC issue though, and what right. what caused that? I mean, that was that did rise to the mayor's office, right? I mean, well, that's why the, Dick, Murphy, Dick Murphy resigned. The Securities and Exchange Commission um, was looking at the financial statements that the city was putting out mm -hmm. in their bond offering documents mm. and what they were telling people who wanted to invest in our bonds and were they fully disclosing um, the risks. Mm -hmm. And because they weren't properly talking about the pension problems, the SEC came in and said that they wanted to investigate to find out what was being told to the investors because their job is to make sure that people tell the truth to the mm -hmm. people that you're trying to get money from. Right. So essentially there was an agreement reached and um, there were some city employees who went to trial, but my recollection is none of them were found guilty. Hmm. Oh, right. They, and it, yeah, and even on the federal side, yeah, I saw mm -hmm. that. Yeah, right. that's correct. Interesting. Um, but we did we did get in trouble with the SEC and, and we did ultimate. But Dick Murphy did resign. I don't think he had. I think I don't think he was that motivated to be mayor anymore. Well, I mean, it was kind of crazy. He, he said, "I'm not going to run for re-election." Then he, they said, "Oh yes, yes I am." And then he wins. And then about a month later, he resigns. Yeah, I used to think he was indecisive, but now I'm <laughs> not so sure. <laughs> to his credit, though, I've got to say uh -huh. about Dick Murphy is one of the things he did is he did have goals. And he did care about the city mm. and really tried to do things for the public. Yeah. So, you know, I just I just want to throw that in. Yeah. I mean, he. Okay. Well, I mean, it was just the, the situation got so messy. I can it understand. It did. You know, and maybe he just want to wash his hands of it. Uh, being a former judge, you know, he probably saw things that uh, spun his head. So, but. I uh, think it spun all of our heads. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Now, did that trigger the strong fa uh, mayor form of government? Uh, that whole incident, because that came in at some point. Actually, right? I don't. I don't think it did. That had been something that had been in the works for many years. Mm -hmm. There were many people that wanted to do that, and it was part of um, the desire to get that strong mayor form of governance. Dick Murphy supported that, mm -hmm. and that got placed on the ballot after one full city council meeting, completely upending the type of governance we were going to function under at one council meeting. And they never had to go to a public uh, petition or anything, it's just the, the... No, it went to a vote, oh, it, it had to go to a vote because oh, it was a right. charter change, but the problem was there had been no public vetting of it. Right, I mean, there was no public petition no. to get it on the ballot. That oh, no, 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 no. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, the public was not clamoring 
for you know a strong mayor. So we don't have a city manager anymore. Is that the deal? That is correct. Okay. The, the well, strong mayor well, is essentially so, the manager. So funny story about San Diego mayors. I'll tell it after the break. Yeah, we got to take a little break. Yeah. We'll come right back with Donna Fry, former city council member, right after these words. Hang on. We're back with the second half of the award-winning It's Your Money and Your Life. And now this is a time where Richard likes to thank our sponsors. I really enjoy thanking our sponsors, <laughs> so I'm going to do that. Big thank you to UBS, Drew Friedis, Michael Crunch. I'm actually seeing you guys right when I get back from Boston. Can't wait. Our favorite CPAs on the planet, two sets of them, Signature Analytics, Jason Kruger, great CFO company, also Plato Epic CPAs, more traditional firm. They had another great tax season which is now over. Carl Sheeler with Berkeley Research Group, helping business owners understand the risks that drive the value of their businesses. If you reduce risk, you increase value. Speaking of making money, how about Joel Grushkin with Cost Segregation Initiatives, helping real estate owners improve their cash flow. Also, Brenda Geiger, recent guest, Geiger Law Offices, specializing in estate planning and asset protection. Now, all of this money that gets created from these great sponsors and what they do, California Republic Bank with Sean Puckett and Lane Elliott, a great niche market bank serving wealthy families and family offices. Also, Hub International, formerly known as Mars Maddox Insurance, a great employee benefits firm. The LG Experience and the Lombardi Group helping wealth advisors make heroes out of CPAs to the CPA's very best clients. Our good friend Paul Hines, who's here in Boston with me, believe it or not, watching his daughter's softball games at Northeastern University. And Paul, of course, heads up Hearthstone Private Wealth Management. He is also behind the SeniorSafeAndSound.org initiative here in San Diego, helping to prevent financial elder abuse. And, of course, Nathan Watkins with Worldwide Credit, an absolutely amazing lending and mortgage resource. And if all of this makes you hungry, what else do we have, Joe? Well, we have the Very Good Food Foundation, headed up by Mer- Michelle Lirac, and also Lestat's Coffee House, open 24-7-365, about to open their third location. Cool stuff. And if anybody or wants... Or hot stuff, yeah, it's coffee. Yeah, and if anyone wants to know more about our sponsors, just get over to our website, iymoney.com. Across the top of the page, there is a sponsors tab and a drop-down menu, and just uh, put your, your... Just cur- drop down. Yeah, just keep put your cursor there, click on any one or all of them, and, you, and all their information is there, their bio, their content information, etc. And they've all been working with Richard for many, many years with great success. That is absolutely true. In some cases, almost 30 years. There you go. So anyway, here's some IY money trivia. It's your money and your life trivia and oh. mayor trivia combined in the same comment. Did oh. you know, Joe, you know this, that two mayors in a row, Mayor Sanders, Jerry Sanders, did oh. his last radio interview ever while in office while on our show. Correct. And then, of course, Bob Fildner did his last radio interview ever while in office on our show, and then the news broke two days later, and, and I, I don't I, want to go there. Well, I think we ought to invite Kevin Faulkner on. <laughs> <laughs> we got two last mayor interviews in a row. How's that for at your money in your life trivia? Make it a threefer. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> Well, we are going to have we are going to have uh, uh, Ed Harris on the show. <laughs> I, I got s- nervous when Filter put his hand on my yeah, knee, wait, but anyway, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, stop, stop, <laughs> stop it! But uh, we'll get we might t- get into some of that a little bit um, uh, with with uh, Mayor Filner. So he's, you know what he did a lot of good. He addressed he did address the, uh, the, the seal <laughs> issue, and he did address the. Uh, yeah, you know this the seal the uh, the in La Jolla. Yeah, the La Jolla seal situation. You know, he, he did get he yeah. did get some. That was good stuff. You know the biodegradable. Not the seal uh, stuff, but right. the, what he did was good stuff. And then uh, getting rid of the cam the traffic cam. Every time I go through a yellow light, I say thank you, Bob. So I don't know about you guys, but that's what <laughs> I, I do. I do that every time I go through a red light. Yeah. I don't do that. <laughs> Thanks, Bob. Anyway, 
and he did, and I guess he did uh, address Balboa Park for uh, you know in the in the Prado there and getting the cars out and for a relatively little amount, three hundred thousand, and uh, you can you may, there's a walkable space there now that everyone that is so much better than it used to be. But yeah. seriously, thank you, Bob, for that. So hey, Joe, yeah. you want to get into fifty plus one? I do. I want to get into fifty plus one and the strong for mayor former government. Uh, let's do um, let's do the strong mayor former government first, Donna. Uh, pluses and minuses. Are we able to keep track of you know the mayor's the CEO now? So I'm assuming he can just write checks willy-nilly and uh, is anyone uh, keeping track on uh, you know where the money's going well the mayor can't write checks willy-nilly <laughs> <laughs> just so you know well um, at I, least not legally right and, that's what i'm talking about <laughs> yeah well let's so essentially the mayor is the executive branch the administration mm-hmm. sort of performing the functions of the city manager the previous city manager the city council has the um final authority over the budget and the money that goes in and out mm-hmm. so the mayor can't just do right. what he or she wants but i'm sure he has a lot of discretionary uh funds that he could spend uh, as as his office sees fit right well in my opinion there's way too much discretion allowed in the mayor's office and unfortunately the city council voted to allow that level of discretion. Hmm. That's what I'm talking about. So, uh, and, and I know you wanted to get a, 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 an auditor in place, and that did not happen, right? Is well, that something we can push for? Well, we do have an, we do have an auditor. We have um, an, an auditor, a city auditor. Right. The problem I had is that I believe the auditor should be independent, That's meaning what, that the mayor should have no voice, no role in, in deciding who that auditor is. Right. Unfortunately, that is not the case. That's what I, my point. We should be an outside independent auditor. Uh, otherwise, there could be more collusion, and, and it doesn't even serve the purpose that it was intended for. Well, right? we also have outside auditors, but this, this was a specific city auditor mm-hmm. that's supposed to do these um, reports. Mm-hmm. And the problem is is when the person who gets to appoint, you know, assist in your appointment mm-hmm. is the person you're going to be auditing. I just wonder sometimes if the audits might not be a little softer than they need. Yeah, that doesn't sound very independent or objective. No. So, um, what's your what's your uh, verdict on the strong mayor former government government so far? Is it is it uh, better than it was, or is this the best we can hope for, or what do you we think? We can always hope for better, and, yeah. and and I certainly do. I I don't particularly care for it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that it was much better when we had a city manager form of governance mm-hmm. because the city council had some ability to hold the city manager accountable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, now, if the mayor does something, there is almost nothing the city council can do because they can't hire and fire the mayor. Right. And then the other thing is he never shows up at city council meetings anymore, so the public never gets to see uh, the mayor, uh, whoever he or she may be, much. That's uh, correct. Right? right? That's correct. And uh, I used to like to see the mayor on the city council there. Now, maybe maybe they should, you know, have him show up twice a month or something just, uh, you know, if, if people have a particular uh, petition or issue or something that uh, – or, or something that the council has to discuss with the mayor in, in an open in an open forum? We, we had proposed that when I was on the council, mm-hmm. sort of – setting up a situation like they have in the house of commons Mm -hmm. where you know the prime minister shows up and they get to ask questions so it'd be question time with the mayor and each council member would get an opportunity to ask the mayor a question do that at a public hearing but it didn't get so far i haven't had any mayor that seems to be interested in showing up for public hearings well let alone getting asked questions in public well with the majority vote of the council can they can they uh institute that that plan or is that uh, oh sure 
Okay, because now... they won't do it. <laughs> so they could do a lot of things. They could reduce the amount of budgetary authority the mayor's office has, but they won't do that. They could um, require certain things to occur prior to approving the funding, mm. but they won't do that. Mm. Well, we're going to have a mayoral candidate down uh, on the show, Ed Harris will be on the show, um, you know, in a few weeks, and we can ask him about that. Actually, I think uh, we're we're taping him April twenty, so so that's that is not, correct. That's we're taping Ed right when I get back from Boston. There you go. But um, well, you know, it's it's kind of frustrating, but uh, hopefully we'll we'll see some improvement. I do want to see. I, I'm working on getting rid of the fifty percent plus one, Donna, and I think you're probably in favor of that too. I would hope, right? I mean, a lot of people don't know this, but. Eight of the last 11 uh, city officials were elected in June, and I think we should be electing our mayors and our city council members in November, don't you? I don't know. Okay. I'm not sure. All right. Exactly. It depends on if you have two candidates versus seven or eight candidates. <laughs> well, there's still a, no, there's still be a primary in June. The, the, the primary should be, the, should be a primary, not a final. That's my point. Oh, you know? no, and I understand what you're yeah. saying. So yeah. the top two vote-getters would get on to uh, the ballot. On to the November, November ballot yeah. when you have a higher voter turnout. Yeah. We've got about a, a, a minute here, half a minute. But Donna, um, okay, we'll take our little break. We'll come right back with former city council member Donna Fry. Take care. Oh, Richard, you had to go go do that. Yeah, Joe, you anyway. can take your hands off your yeah. ears now. Yeah, we're back with uh, Donna Fry here. I guess we're going to talk about the Chargers Stadium. The San Diego Superchargers. Yeah, Superchargers. By the way, Donna, if you have to hit the cough button, it's that one to the right because you've been cutting my mic off over there. Okay. Oh, really? Let me hang on a second, Joe. I'll do it again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Richard we, told we, me to do that. We give Justin the privilege of doing Justin that. just follows my instructions. <laughs> but anyway, a lot of moving parts here. We've had Jim Steig on the show in the past, Donna, about the stadium controversy. It's been churning and burning for many years now. Yep. Uh, now the Citizens Plan has united. And, and what brings Donna Fry into the fray of regarding a new stadium, Convadium? Uh, why do you care? Why I care is because... For many, many years, almost 10 years, the public was denied the right to vote on any of these issues, mm -hmm. whether it was raising the hotel taxes, whether it was where we're going to put a stadium, whether it was where a convention center was going to go. The public was left out, mm -hmm. and I don't like that. Right. But why now? It, it seems like the mayor's task force liked keeping the stadium where it is, and and. Why can't we explore gutting the interior of it, spending maybe half the money and just rebuilding it from the inside out? And I think the exterior still looks fine. Maybe colorize it a little bit and maybe put some new plants and buildings around the periphery of the, of the property. But uh, it seems like the public likes having it where it is. I mean, they probably did a big study to put it there in the first place. And, you know, people coming from North County uh, to, to go the extra several miles of, of bottleneck to, to downtown for football games. It may be, you know, more than they care to, to endure. But and what are your thoughts on that? Well, I think that one of the things you have to look at when you talk about a stadium is the team that would be playing there. My understanding is that the Chargers made it very clear that they did not want to have the stadium in Mission Valley. They made that clear over a year ago. They said they did not want a task force. 
and they did not want to negotiate about a Charger Stadium in Mission Valley. Mm-hmm. That's my recollection. So that might be starters mm-hmm. for why you might not want to do that because the people that you would allegedly be doing it for don't want it. Yeah, and you forgot the part about them signing a deal to move to L.A. where they have an option. Well, that too. Yeah. Well, look at they. Everyone leaves out of the out of the equation. They, oh, the Chargers want to move. Well, you know they may want to move. Joe, the Chargers want to move. They may want to move to London or Tokyo, but you know what? Unless the Chargers want to un- move, unless the owners of the uh, owners allow that. I mean, they got shot down thirty to two. Joe, they're going to take their song with them. Okay. Well, that's fine. They can get rid of that anytime. But anyway, look, they got shot down by the owners uh, pretty badly, and um, I think the option to move was just uh, that might have been personal. I think the well, whatever it is. I mean, um, so that's that's the other part of it. I mean, I I think a lot of these other teams and owners like coming to play in San Diego, don't you? I think, I think anybody yeah. would like coming to San Diego, <laughs> whether you're an owner or a non-owner. We've who had, wouldn't like to yeah. come to San Diego? So, thirty-second story in the summer of '66, when I was eight, we vacationed down here. We lived in Northern California, and they were building the stadium, and they had like a public day at the stadium that was mm-hmm. still not even finished. Mm-hmm. And I got to get all the Chargers autographs: John Hadle, Lance Allworth, Paul Lowe, mm-hmm. Ron Mix, who's been on our show. Right. It was really cool stuff. That was, was that just, when they were Thunderhoof. I guess, yeah. I yeah. Mean, yeah. Fifty years ago, yeah, this summer. Well, they were better before they even got in the NFL. They were run, they were ruling the AFL powerhouse. Yeah, and then the, the Don and Otis they won the they won the AF. That's our only football championship. Sixty three, right? Yeah, and at yeah. Balboa Stadium, which is down was down near San Diego High School. Yep. They, they beat the, the New England team, uh, Boston Patriots. This I is the price we pay for great weather, yeah, folks. They beat them about fifty five <laughs> to ten. And then it's been all down. <laughs> Chargers and Padres, but well, we got great weather. Well, look, they did get into one Super Bowl. It was over in about five minutes. Yeah, but uh, just, just like our Padres yeah. two weeks ago lost 15 nothing on opening uh, day, the largest shutout in baseball history of 150 years. Well, you know, we got to get in the record book somehow. Richard. Exactly. <laughs> you guys are brutal. We are. We are. <laughs> Well, well we I have s- good surf. Yeah, I was oh, just going to say, sure. Don. I live across the street from some great surf up at Beacons well, in Acadia. I uh, so. remember the 84 Padres surfs up, the, the Chicago Rider. Yeah. We came back and won three in a row from the Cubs, and that was a fan. And we got in the World Series. And, of course, you know, it just uh, depends if it's your year or not. I mean, you may have a team that's a powerhouse that you're not going to beat. And, you know, we've, we've run into that a couple of times with the 49ers. We, and, we have. Uh, but, Don, did you think it's important for a city like San Diego to have a professional football team? I just do. in general? Yeah, because I, I do, too, in general. Yeah, I do. I think, yeah. I think that there's an awful lot of people who get an awful lot of pleasure from having a home team to root for mm-hmm. and I, I I think that's important well I know we look at the gulls now they are doing a great job and drawing a lot of people it's a modest pr- a ticket price and they're packing the place and people are having fun and I was talking to a uh, uh, city attorney candidate Gil Cabrera who we'll have on the show also yes uh, we will uh, about the the sports arena he says it may make more sense to move the sports arena downtown and have a, an indoor arena of, of 19 20 000, uh, for convention use rather than in a big open air thing. I mean, how much use does Petco Park get for conventions and other things? I know they have a few concerts in the. Yeah, they do thing. specialty stuff now. But, they have Davis but, Cup concerts. But, yeah, but it's not all, you know, it's not, you know, it ha- 300 dates a year or anything. And oh, of course, no. And of course, the, you know, the Padres are there 81, 81 dates a year. But uh, uh, so. Well, I, they show up maybe 30 of those dates. But Donna, what about the argument that you know extending the convention center contiguously? You don't want you don't want to block any more of the harbor. Is that the deal? Or well, the fact of the matter is, is that a non-contiguous expansion makes more sense 
protects the waterfront and doesn't mm-hmm. wall off the bay. What's the point of coming to San Diego if you can't even see the water? Yeah, it's completely that's a good point. blocked off. Yeah. Well, you have to walk. I mean, are they leaving enough park space between uh, the convention center and uh, the waterfront? I, I don't know. I mean, um, that Hilton on the bay is a pretty nice place, don't you think? They did a nice job over there. I think uh, everybody's done a lot of nice work, but the thing is, is this, our, our ballot initiative, if that's what you're talking about, the mm-hmm. citizen's plan, the whole idea is to engage the public to actually give them a, an opportunity to vote mm-hmm. and provide opportunities on how the revenue will be spent, which uh, the public has not had in at least a decade. So the money, pr- primarily from the public money, will be the TOT in ta- uh, increase. Uh, It'll increase be a five cent um, transient occupancy tax increase, correct? Five cent, okay. So um, on the dollar. Yeah, you've got some candidates. Adds that, up quickly, Joe. Yeah, yeah, I know. But and then of course the long-term operational costs. Uh, you know, I understand Petco Park costs the city thirteen million a year to operate. Is that right? Something like that. Well, we, I think that the one thing that you would want to look at is how those maintenance and operational costs would be paid in the ballot measure. We would be looking at having that not being done by the city. Good, because uh, uh, that's not the way it is right now with a lot of public facilities. I know. I see an awful lot of uh, police units parked in front of the the ballpark for ball games. I mean. Why don't they just call them in if there is a security issue rather than having them? I don't know what they do out there. Uh, uh, the whole Protect the public. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see many donut stands, so I don't know what's going on. But uh, hey, anyway. Yeah, yeah. Joe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. No, we love the police. We know. And they, do. they do great work, Joe. <laughs> yeah. We, believe me, we don't have hardly any of the problems that other cities have. Uh, you know, our, uh, We've had a few bad apples, but that happens in every profession and in, in, in every city public and private sector so uh you know and it's a demanding job we yeah. talked about that with mayor sanders you know he was a motor- motorcycle mm-hmm. cop in another he was. time but uh well citizens aware donna we have uh, a couple minutes here okay um, californians aware yeah i'm sorry california's okay. aware and confusing the two plans here but uh california so it's calaware.org you started this when well i didn't start it it was actually started by terry frank mm-hmm. and um richard Many, many years ago, back in around 2005, I am one of the original board members mm. and the past president of the organization. And essentially what we do is we engage the citizenry and the media to make sure that they have um, access to their elected officials, that things are being done legally that they can get the information that they need to know in order to stay informed and participate in government decisions. Because mm. there's a lot, there's a lot that still goes undisclosed uh, that should be public oh, information. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, well, we have one one ballot measure that we are moving forward with the city that says that if a public official conducts the public's business on personal devices, it is still subject to Public Records Act requests. Yeah. And then it so needs to be disclosed. Yeah. So, well, a lot, a lot of work going on there. So, folks, yeah. that is calaware.org. And Donna Fry, we have to wrap it Donna, up. Donna, right. really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank th- you. Thanks thank, so much. Thank you for all the work you have done and will continue to do. And uh, we'll, we'll see you soon. Thank you to Justin Hart, our board operator, for making it sound terrific. And thanks to Dave uh, Dave Sniff, our programming genius here at KFMB, and, and Craig Blinky, our uh, account executive. All these podcasts are commercial free on iowamoney.com. And we'll see you next week. Take care. Thank you.